0: Welcome to North Valley Church's Sermon Podcast. We are in a series titled The Next Journey. If you are interested in North Valley Church or our sermon podcast, you can find us on our website, nvcmd.org. Good morning. My name is Dan. Welcome to North Valley Church. You have joined us while we are in this message series called The Next Journey. We are a church, but we're only a little over four years old, and we started out over four years ago just focusing on what it would look like to be a healthy church. So we've been doing that for four years, and we are I'm taking a turn. I, I get the picture of the wheel. I, I think of it as grabbing the rudder, and we're giving it a little turn. And instead of focusing on just on being healthy, now that we've laid the foundation for that, I want us to now focus on who it is that God's specifically calling North Valley Church to be. What is our mission, vision, and values? So, since the beginning of January, we've been doing this. It's kind of I've enjoyed it. It's been some really cool um, sermons to do. And and as it's gone on, it's like, oh, we should do a sermon on that. Oh, so, so I've actually added two sermons to the series since I first made it. It's it's don't worry. We should be wrapping up in May. It'll be great. <clears throat> but just 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 pick up where it is that that we're going here. So our mission statement is. Empowering people with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. So way back in like a second week in January, Grant um, spoke on that, did an awesome job of unpacking what we mean when we say that sentence, empowering people with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. If if you are a podcaster person, you can go back and see those sermons, get on our podcast. You can search for it on your podcast delivery system of choice, searching for NVC Sermon Podcast, and you should be able to pull it up, or you can find it on our website, nvcmd.org. Okay, um, I like doing that, so if you'll ever listen, anyone here ever listened to a podcast? Alright, cool. Yeah, I, I, I like it because um I, I do the intro to the podcast things and I get to say that every time. Info at nvcmd.org. And if you're paying attention, I'm trying to go as low as I can, right? I'm not having any milk. I drink a lot of honey or whatever and try and make that go. So <clears throat> Mission statement, and a couple of weeks ago, we talked about our vision, empowering people to impact the kingdom of God inside and outside North Valley Church, where I want us to be mindful of we're not here just to make life fun and comfortable for us. We want to impact the kingdom of God so that might mean partnering with other ministries that might mean partnering w- with other churches that would also mean reaching out to communities talking with ways talking about ways that we can um, associate and build relationships with people who may or may not even be part of the kingdom of god yet so I want us to have that um, vision of whatever it is that we're doing, we ought to be mindful that our end goal ought to be outside of our own walls. So that's mission and vision and values. Our three values are healing, equipping, and commissioning. We have, we're, we're taking a Sunday and digging into each one of those. We have done healing. We have done equipping. And today we're going to talk about Commissioning. What? And we're going to talk about what we mean when we say commissioning. So, if you were to go back a handful of years, how many years ago is um, divided by seven? So it's like 20, 25 years ago or something. Um, I'm an old guy with gray hair, but I didn't figure out who Jesus was till I was in my thirties. So I, um, Millie and I had bought a house in Jefferson. Um, I had a job doing software. I was a um, mercenary software developer, so I was making what I thought was a ridiculous amount of money, um, writing software for folks. And um, I was working for Amtrak at the time, and they had this rule where after you do that for five years, you need to either become an employee or we're going to let you go. Oh, okay. So that conversation was going weird. I'm going to back up. So that was in the summer, in February of this year, um, Millie and I had bought a house in Jefferson, and it was going good, but Millie said, now that we've got this house, um, we, we weren't churchgoers, we, I never went to church, blah, blah, blah. I kind of grew up Catholic, I got as far as getting confirmed, but not much happened after that. Um, Millie said, I think we should start going to church. She had a little bit more of a churchy background than I did. So I'm like, sure, yeah. So we interviewed churches, ended up at a church. And as, as we were going through the year, um, my work um, at Amtrak um, was going going nonsensical. And um, there was a moment when, when we... Uh, when I was working through this, how to become an employee, and these people said, OK, we'll make you an employee, they actually sent me an email. This is how much we're going to pay you. And I'm like, woo yeah, that's cool. So I said, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Like a week after I said yes to the email, I got called into my boss's boss office and said, well, we're not certain you can do the job. And, and after you've offered it to me, right? So cool. And I realized, I can look back, that people had things they didn't. They didn't. I made them uncomfortable for whatever reason. And so people were challenging whether I had the technical ability to ease, blah, blah, blah. But I'm in this meeting, and I'm like, they offered me a job. Why is this so hard? This is so stupid. And I had been going to church at this point. So, yeah, I'll separate my story a little bit. At this point, I had been going to church for four years. So I had been baptized. I knew who Jesus was. And, and I'm trying to figure out making this job thing go. And so it was in downtown D.C., and after I had this really messed up meeting, um, people telling me I didn't know what I was doing, I ended up going outside by a, on this cement bench. I remember it was just outside the Amtrak offices and it was on a cement bench. And I'm just sitting there. I would love to tell you the first thing I did was I prayed to God. That was not the first thing I did. The first thing I did was called my headhunter. Are you sure there are no other jobs right now that I can get? Um, the headhunter said, no, dude, sorry, you're on your own. So I'm sitting there. And <clears throat> I, then I prayed to God. All right, God, what? What? What's going on? And clear as anybody talking to me today, I heard the word now. It was crystal clear. I knew it wasn't anybody sitting next to me. I heard the word now. That is all it took. When I heard the word now, I went, oh, I knew God had said, Dan, it's time to leave the whole technology stuff. I got something else in store for you. Oh, okay. So I'm that was like um late morning. I'm going to work. I'm type doing stuff at work. I'm like, what what the heck? What am I gonna do? I'm like, I gotta tell Millie this. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm in DC, take the um Amtrak train ride up to Brunswick, drive home, get home. I said, Millie, I need to talk serious with you for Five minutes. Can we have just a five-minute serious conversation? Sit down here on the couch. So we sit down on the couch, and I said, literally, the conversation goes like this. Millie, what if I said, I'm going to quit my job, we're going to sell the house, I'm going to go to school full-time for a year, and I'm going to go into full-time ministry? And Millie looks at me and goes, hmm, okay, okay. Guys, for those of you who are married, when the wife buys into that after that short of conversation, I knew God had already been working in her. Right? So God was all over this and preparing us to make that. So my that was a moment when I got commissioned. God clearly spoke to me, and I know it was time for me to transition into full-time ministry. And it's funny. Um, during that whole season, I only ever used the words full-time ministry. I never called myself a pastor, right? I didn't know what it was going to do, how it was going to turn out. God, God knows I'm not a visionary, big plans kind of guy. I'm I, I just not built that way. What I need to know is what's my next step? What is it I need to know today? And so God said, you're going to go into full-time ministry, quit your job, go to school. And so that's, that's what I did. That's my commissioning story. It was a moment where I know God spoke to me. And ever since then, my life went, erp, it took a turn, right? I, was, I had been following Jesus, but now, erp, there were some big changes. We sold the house. I went to um, school full-time, Liberty University, got a bachelor's degree. Summit Trace, where I had been attending at the time, said, oh, wow, Dan's going to be looking for a job soon. He got his degree. Maybe we should hire him and call him a pastor. Okay. And here I am today. So I want us to get our brains around. Where is our commissioning story? How confident are we about having heard from God about what it is that he wants us to do? right? We've been talking about healing. We've been talking about equipping. Well, those things are cool and important, and it's good for us, but that's not the only reason God's doing those things. God is involved in our healing, helping us sort out the hurts and confusion. God is involved in our equipping, knowing who he is, who we are, understanding his word, and um, finding out what it is that we can do so that we can Invest into God's kingdom, commissioning. What is it God wants us to do? We answer that question as a church, right? That's kind of what this mission, vision, and values are. This is what I believe God's called North Valley to pursue. But I think we can answer that question individually, too. What are my mission, vision, and values? And what is it that God is specifically, uniquely calling me to do? So we're going to take a look at a person in the Bible. All right, um, for those of you who are here and don't mind praying, say a quick prayer. I've been having problems with my iPad. I may wing it without notes. We'll see. So, uh, do-do, 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 do-do. whoa, it's working. Okay. Well done to those of you who prayed. <clears throat> and um, just so sorry for the disappointment, Jeremy. Somewhere during the announcements, um, Grant, I whispered in Grant's ear, "Hey, Jeremy and Michelle will be able to help people through stuff." And so they did that. And Jeremy said, "I could." In Jeremy's mind, he said, "Oh, I didn't go get the iPad yet," so he walked here um, after the announcements to check in the closet to see if the iPad there. But this one has been blowing my brains out, so I stole the last iPad and I'm using it for my music so you can have it right after church. Just right after church, come up here, Jeremy will have the iPad right after the service and he'll be able to help you find whatever it is you need to on the thing. All right, let's walk into, we're going to meet a dude named Moses. We are going to be in chapter 3, verse 1. All right, Millie, keep your finger on the button. We're just, we are just going to read through this uh, passage of Scripture, and then we'll take a pause, and we'll walk through and, and pull out the highlights. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. <clears throat> there, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush." Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And when you dig the uh, Charlton Heston movie, Ten Commandments, Moses, Moses, I'm the only one. Wow, okay. All right, me me and Millie. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Moses, Moses from the movie. Watch the movie. Good movie. It's long. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. Here's a, a cool thing. If you're a note taker, underliner, underline this next phrase. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, "'I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob.' At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. "'The Lord said, "'I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. "'I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering.'" So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hephites, Hevites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God, Moses had this absolutely amazing, unique experience, right? That in his burning bush experience, he actually spoke with God. God actually called to him and said, Hey, Mos- Millie, would you mind just backing up a slide? He actually called out to Moses, and that was a moment where Moses' direction of his life had changed. So it's crystal clear. It's, it's cool. I, I, love, I love the story of Moses. There's so many things ab- about it. But Moses sees the bush. He goes to the bush. God calls him, and God gives him a clear vision of what it is that he wants Moses to do. So we're going to, and when that happened, I want you to catch this. We'll talk about it again. I want you to catch this. In those moments when we hear God speak to it, it's a holy moment. It was a moment where God pointed out, Moses, dude, where you're at and the conversation we're having, it's a holy moment. Take your shoes off because you're on holy ground. I want us to start thinking that these callings that God places on our heart—they're holy. They should be set apart. We should be treating them with reverence and joy. They're a very special thing. <clears throat> so, um, oop, go back. <laughs> she's got. A, she did really good, right? Give Millie a hand. I told her, put your finger on that. Put your finger on that button. But now she's now she's twitchy. I want everyone just to look for a moment. Um, we are in Exodus chapter 3. Everybody say, oh, yeah, chapter oh, yeah. 3. Right, Millie, fire away. Before, I want to talk about what happened before we got to chapter 3, verse 1. Moses had a story in Exodus chapter 1 and 2. When we have those moments when we realize God's called us, called us. There's a lot of emphasis. I mean, the whole story with the burning bush and all that stuff is really cool, right? So there's a lot of highlight on that. But Moses' story did not start there. It started back in Exodus chapter 1 when the Israelites were being oppressed by the Egyptians. And the Egyptians started to get worried because there were a lot of Israelites, so they were killing firstborns, firstborn males. And Moses was saved out of that. His mom said, we're going to put him in a basket in the river, river and hope for the best. They were hoping in God, that God would have some involvement in this. And who pulled Moses out of the river but Pharaoh's daughter, Moses grew up in Pharaoh's household in Egypt. The, mo- the story doesn't start in chapter three. He already knows what's going on there. You know what? The people in Pharaoh's household know who Moses is. He was a prince of Egypt. Everybody knew who Moses was. However, as Moses got older and he realized that he was a Hebrew, he started to feel the tension. Wow. Well, I'm in Pharaoh's house. I'm kind of helping rule this place, but my people are actually being oppressed and mistreated. Mm. And when he witnessed one of his Hebrew brothers being mistreated, he killed the Egyptian. He was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He's a murderer, and yet God calls him to this. He ended up fleeing Egypt because they were after him for murdering the Egyptian he, as he left Egypt, he ended up in this um, place in the wilderness and eventually at Horeb at the mountain of God. When God calls us, it is a unique event. It's, it's, it is a climactic event, but there's a story that went on before that. right? For me, I, four years before God called me into ministry, I didn't even know who Jesus was. Millie's telling me, 10 years after, thanks Millie, I didn't know who Jesus was most of my life before it got there. So he had to get my attention, call me into a relationship with him before he could do that. And then he had to make my work a disaster so he could get my attention. So that he could simply say, now, and I would know. That happened. God was able to get away with using one word because of all the things that had worked in my life before that, I would bet that you have stories of how God's been working in your life as well. In in the passage we read, we have this interaction between God and Moses. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer," God said. "Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing, excuse me, is is holy ground." But my one, the big thing—not the big thing—a big thing I want us to grasp here is a lot. When I start talking about God's calling and commissioning into particular places in His kingdom, I get scoffed at. I get skepticism. So I am here. Hey, everybody, it's a thing. It's a thing. I want you to be aware God calls people. If you are a follower of his, he's got a place he wants you to be. It may not look like a burning bush experience. It may not be a moment where you just had a terrible meeting at work and you hear God go, now, right? It may be different. But I believe God works in our healing. I believe God works in our equipping. And he didn't do those things without the intention of having us play a role in his kingdom. So please, if nothing else today, please get, hey, you know what? God calls people. I say God calls everybody into a place in his kingdom. If you've got a relationship, that's where that's what it is that your relationship could be moving towards. At some point, we all need to recognize God's prompting. Maybe the first thing you need to recognize today is that God is calling you into a relationship. Right? For us to be able to hear God's spirit at all means that we have a relationship. We have a conversation with him. That we've accepted what it is that Jesus has done for us. That Jesus lived 2,000 years ago, died on the cross to do something we couldn't do for ourselves. See, the way we live and the choices we make is sin from God's point of view. And we've got this distance, this separation, this chasm between us and God because of the choices that we make. We are all guilty of the same thing. And since we're in debt, we can't do enough good things to close that gap ourselves. That's why Jesus, as the innocent lamb, was sacrificed on a cross. So that when we put our faith and trust in him, the price that he paid gets put on our account. And it opens our relationship. It renews our relationship with God. It restores it. Cooler yet, after Jesus died on a cross, three days later he rose from the dead. To demonstrate he really is the Son of God. He really does have power and authority over sin and death. When we put our faith <clears throat> excuse me, put our faith and trust in him, everything changes. It starts to move us. It's a grabbing the rudder and our the direction and trajectory of our life is going to start to turn. Part of that turning is healing, part of that turning is equipping, part of that turning is we're going to realize we have a role in God's kingdom. And we need to find out what that is and do what it is that we can to fulfill it. If you've never done that before today, I would encourage you. Maybe that's the calling that you're going to hear from God today. That it's time to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, as our forgiver and our leader. If you've never done that before today, man, let's make today the day. If you'd like to talk about that, if you are making that decision, I would love to talk to you about that. If things are chaotic this afternoon, you've got an appointment at Golden Corral and you can't miss and you can't stick around after this service, you can always send an email to info at NVCMD.org. See, lots of people know it. So if you're not certain what Dan just said, ask anybody. They'll, They'll probably point out to you what that email address is. But let's make sure our relationship with God is active and vibrant today so that we can take the next steps. God calls us, but he calls us in different ways, and he calls us to different areas as well. right? We're not all called to the same thing And the way he calls us looks different. So we're going to look at, in Moses' case, he actually called Moses in all three of these ways I want to point out. But for most of us, it will look unique and different. So Before before I uh, jump into that, um, there's a moment when you realize, oh, I think God is doing something and calling to me. So a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, preaching a sermon, and... Um, Michelle Kair. Um Raise your hand, Michelle. It's me, it's me. <laughs> Michelle caught me after the service. and said, Dan, you could see, she, her eyes were big. Dan, I'm going to send you this email. It's going to be a really long email. God's been talking to me. I've got lots of questions. I've got questions I need to do. I've got things I want to ask you about. I think God's calling me into ministry. And, and it, uh, it took her a week and a half, but she did not disappoint I got this email. It's it's like three pages of email. <clears throat> she did a great job. And start of it, she she was raised Catholic. So she's got a lot of theological questions. Dan, do do we believe this? Do we do that? Um, so cool. And then she shared with me some of her story, how God has called her. She she feels that God has called her into being somebody to be able to be a champion for animals. And she wants, she's wondering, is there a place for that at North Valley Church? And then she's also been saying um, that Sunday she was like, and now I figured out I really like making events happen. I don't know if she did the arm-waving thing. That might be me. (laughs) She, (laughs) she. She was excited about um, doing things for couples. In her email, she reiterated um, that she called it a what did you call, a young couples club, a- babysitters, babysitter's club. club, where where like maybe a handful of couples with small kids get together and w- w- you take rotation and um, yell at me if I get it wrong. <clears throat> One or two couples take the responsibility of babysitting all the kids, while the other couples go out and have a good time, um, and then someone else switches, and then somebody else gets to go do that, and so that everyone shares the responsibility for the babysitting part of the babysitter club. You catch me? And the day that I was watching Michelle do this, she may have not been doing this, but she was excited. Her her voice was active. She was yelling at me. To be, might have been the kids, but and her eyes were big. She was excited. You could see God had been working in her, that God had been pulling on her heart, and this was now the thing that she wanted to be involved in. Michelle has a story where God has called her, but it didn't happen all by itself, did it? It happened as part of Michelle's story, right? So I'm just... Um, I'm going to ruin it. Have you ever played a game at parties? Um, here's something about somebody. Find out who it is, right? So I'm going to ruin it for Michelle because um, this is just so cool. She used to be a professional lumberjack. If you don't know Michelle and know that about her, you yeah, you need to hang out with this lady. She's crazy, and her husband he her husband's a really cool guy too. He like snaps people in half, and they feel better. Afterward, um, chiropractic. Yeah, that's what he does. But Millie, Millie goes to Jeremy and she has loved her experiences or she's feeling a lot better. So good stuff. All right. God calls us to different areas and places and things. So in verse seven, the Lord said, I indeed have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. God had a heart for these people in Egypt. They were Israel. They were God's chosen people. God had worked through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They ended up in Egypt. Long story about drought and saving, a guy named Joseph. However, it was time for them to leave Egypt. And God wanted to make that happen. He had a heart for his nation that he didn't give up. All right, so... Out on the table, Grant did an announcement about um, a canned food drive, canned protein food drive. And so somehow or other, the message got to Grant. Um, We forwarded it to, I'm pointing to the drummer, um, Alex Rika, our missions and outreach coordinator. And so Alex is in contact with Howard and Lynn Carey. Howard and Lynn Carey, if you've ever met them, Great googly moogly, they've got a calling in their lives for the homeless people in Frederick. You don't have to spend more than 15 minutes with them and you realize you are sold out for those people. Sometimes God finds a people group and puts them on our heart. And and Howard and Lynn are sold out to do whatever it is they can do for the homeless community in Frederick. And we're blessed enough, and and Alex is going to start coordinating, we're going to have more opportunities to be able to partner with them doing things for the homeless in Frederick. They've been called to a people group. So as you're wrestling with where you might be, has God called you uh, to a people group? Is it to a community? Maybe he's called you to Myersville Elementary School maybe maybe he's called you to a minister to people in Canada we could send people to Canada and go minister in Canada you should you should you should you should read up on Canada and f- read up some of the rules that they've got about churches in some of the provinces in Canada they're 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 whacked out um, they there are there are places in the United States planting churches in Canada so you never know <laughs> Maybe God's calling us to a people. Maybe he's calling us to a place. God was talking to Moses and said, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Which meant back to Egypt. It was a place. He had a ministry and a people, but it was a place. Sometimes God lays places on our heart. When I was the pastor of Summit Trace Church, we had a lady who uh, attended there. I actually think she still goes to Summit Trace. Um, her name was Grace Schofield. Cool lady. She, um, she's a special needs teacher at Frederick County Public Schools. Um, she, for a season, she was our youth leader, made our youth program go. But the other thing about Grace is she had a heart for international missions. She enjoyed getting on the plane and going out to a place that was completely different than this and then ministering to the people there. Grace was my connection to find out about this person named Cherry. Cherry knew, a, I mean, Grace knew a lady named Cherry who lived in Niger, Africa. Some years ago, those two people came friends, and Cherry ended up in Niger. She had been living in Niger for a couple of years. By the time we started interacting with her, and we sent um, uh, people to Niger a couple of times to minister to the people. Cherry was our contact. God had called her to that region, that place, that country, to be able to be a minister. And she befriended a people group there. Big story, right? It's not a small thing. I want you to think, sometimes God calls us to places. For a while, I was called to be in Frederick for Summit Trace Church. God changed my geography and said, Dan, it's time to go to Myersville. And now I'm here. So maybe God's talking to you about a people group. Maybe God's talking to you about a place. Maybe he has a role that he wants you to play. God was talking to Moses and said he wanted him to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So no small task, right? Here's Moses. If, if you're not familiar with the story of Moses, man, go to um, Exodus chapter 3 and start reading that. It's a great. I love this guy. Moses, Moses is like, oh, you want me to go and confront Pharaoh to release all the slaves? God, you are out of your mind. And the conversation proceeds from there. It's great. He's like, no, not me. Um, I'm sure Moses was doing that. <coughs> Moses had a job right for me at some point I never I didn't use the word pastor. He told me at the time then you're going to go into full-time ministry. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but it turned into the role of pastor. Maybe God is talking to you about of the role that you can play. Maybe it's people, maybe it's places, maybe it's a role, right? So this is not the first time I've talked about this thing, and when I have this conversation with Millie, Millie feels like she knows what her role is in God's kingdom, and her role is to support me. Right? She plays with the media and, and does some stuff, um, but really, her role in the kingdom of God is to be there for me so that I can be here and do these things. Right? Um, I'm sorry, I didn't ask her ahead of time, but I'm going to talk about Emily Zamora. Okay, don't look, don't look. <laughs> Emily Zamora leads our kids' ministry. Man, She has a history of working with kids. She's a Frederick County public school teacher. She, has a, she knows who Jesus is. She's organized. She makes things happen downstairs. I love Emily doing her job. When you hang out and work with her for a while, it's, you just walk away naturally and go, oh, Emily's doing the things she was meant to do. I, I walk away with those conversations. Thank you, Emily. If, somebody give Emily a, a Thank you. Because, really, we're, we're, I'm not joking, right? Near, right now, nearly half the church is downstairs, right? There's a lot of kids downstairs, right? And um, encourage Emily, don't weaponize them, right? If we start giving them weapons, we're toast. They will come up here, and they will overthrow us, no problem. There's a lot of them down there. But Emily makes all that happen, right? Emily, Emily leads the charge. M- Maddie Kreger um, is her partner in, in I was going to say crime. That would be a terrible <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> However, Maddie makes that happen too. Between the two of them, man, all that happens every Sunday morning. And when you talk to them, you know God's got them in the place he needs them to make those things happen. Sometimes God calls us into roles. Where might the role be that you are being called to? Everybody, take a deep breath. All right, press the button, Millie. Oh, I'm sorry. Exhale. Yep. Here's where we're at. I want us to not be naive about God's commissioning. He calls us. He calls us absolutely into a relationship with him, but then he also has something for us to do in his kingdom. A calling doesn't happen. It doesn't drop out of the sky all by itself. He's probably been working in your life up until today, or maybe um, he'll continue to do that. Here's what I want us to wrestle with. Where are you in this chart? Do you think that, you know what, I'm doing stuff, I'm plugging in, but I'm not sure I've, I've met where it is that God's preparing me to go. And maybe you're in the preparation phase. That's cool. Be aware that God's preparing you for something. Be investing. Be committed. Make, do the things that you think God's laying in front of you. Right? I didn't know I was going to be a pastor, but God said, quit your job, sell the house, and go to school. Well, okay, that's what he said, so that's what I did. It turned into this. Be ready for whatever it is God might be asking you to step into. Be aware that God does call us. I, I, in my opinion, I think God's got a role for everybody. Everybody. And we just need to find it. Maybe it's a people, maybe it's a place, maybe it's a role for you to play. Where is it that God's calling you? Be mindful. Be open to it. Have the conversation with God and say, God, what is my next step? Where is it that you are calling me? I tell you, when you start praying to God about, hey, um, where is it you want me plugged into your kingdom? He will answer those prayers. I'm guaranteed I know that he does that. I would like to invite the band back up. And while they're doing that, could you just take a moment and reflect where you are in that chart? Where is it that you're starting? And I want you to have a couple. When we're doing these worship songs, I would love for you to have, um, have a conversation with God. And say, God, what's my next step? Maybe the conversation will pr- continue on for the rest of the week and you can continue to talk to God. What have I been doing? Where am I at today? And where is it you want me to get plugged into your kingdom today? Would you pray with me? Dear Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for the example in Moses' life. Thank you for the example in so many stories of people I hear at North Valley Church. Lord, help us to be open and aware. You call us into places. You design people with unique abilities and gifts, personalities and experiences, and you brought us together. We're not here by an accident. We're here because you are designing your church, and you've got a role for us to play. There are roles that I play that I can't can't lead the youth ministry. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lead the kids' ministry. That would not turn out well. You've got other people to do that. There's a role for me to play, and there are roles for everybody to play in what it is that you have in store for North Valley Church. Thank you. We lift this time up in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.